we're back. Slice and Dice podcast number 10. I'm trying to think what that would be in in France talk. Dice. Pepe, you are Le Pew? I don't know. No, it's not like, yeah. I don't know French. And I'm not going to throw voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir because I don't want our three listeners to think I'm hitting on them. Good. Well, they, they might. If, if we might have more than three listeners. Apparently we might. Apparently we actually got uh, got a little charge on the old uh, account this month. So it, it implies that either we're getting some listeners or a lot of false positives. Right. Or a porn bot hit us and started downloading us. <laughs> and if a porn bot hit us, going to the two fat, angry, middle-aged dudes... Probably the wrong place to land. Well, but let's, let's yeah. keep some optimism and some positivity here and just presume that maybe we're actually finding an audience. Yeah. And if we are finding an audience, please leave us a review. Oh, definitely. So that we, so that we know. Unless it's not like a five-star review, then don't. But. Right. <laughs> yeah, if you're just going to give an angry rant as Internet Flame Boy, then we Although really that would care. be amusing. It would be amusing to get to get ranted on. Well, yeah. Well, okay. If you're gonna leave a rant, then do it right. Throw the one star up and just throw it out there. Just make it the most angry thing in the world yes. because that that would fit kind of our tone every now. If you're now going then. to trash us out, at least just, entertain us. Right. <laughs> Give us something worthy of a good chuckle. But really, no. Seriously, throw yeah, don't some, milk throw, toast the throw thing. Throw a review down. Like the Facebook page. Follow us at Pup Ninjas on Twitter. You know, get involved. We, we can we can make this show what you, the listener, want it to be, but we need to know what you, the listener, want it to be. Wow, that was you like that? that was I that didn't was even, I didn't you even just pulled that out of your ass. I did. Well, there's a lot of room in my ass. To uh, I'm not going to go there. So so, but um, your wife just agreed from the other room. Yeah, well, I I, I know that. <laughs> Um, so it's it's opening day of football season. It is, which is why we're actually recording the. Not that our listeners know, but we're recording this at a really weird time. For yeah, us. it's a little early, a little early for us, but uh, we're gonna bang this out before kickoff. Uh, and today's an interesting day because your team's going against my team to actually start the season off. Yeah, I'm, I'm the old Bills Pats matchup. I'm only watching it for the sake of watching football. I have I harbor no. <laughs> no grand illusion that my team has any chance in hell. Today. Except for the fact that New England's good for losing one or two every year to teams that they flat out shouldn't. Well, they throw up one of those stinkers every year. Our top two cornerbacks in our already sketchy secondary are out. So I, I your twenty million dollar man is already dealing with plantar fasciitis yes, again. Uh, he's a fraud. <laughs> Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll hope to see maybe EJ do some pretty good things. I hope to see CJ. I think that the Bills be able to move the ball. I just don't think they'll be able to stop. Yeah, New England's tackling this preseason this is, was terrible. This is going to be a, a high-scoring affair, but the Patriots still probably at least two touchdowns on top of the end. But whatever. As long as some of them are to Kenbrell Tompkins, it helps my fantasy. And, yeah, well, that concern, I have Tom Brady and Kenbrell in our pay league. And I have CJ in the office. And, yes, I decided to uh, benchmark Ingram and put Kenbrell in. Because yeah, I just, just don't know who's... Right, with New Orleans running backs, and, you have no idea who's going to I'd be very that. grateful that I'm not playing the guy that had Peyton Manning this week. <laughs> Holy shit. In our league, he threw up 89 points, oh, yeah. dude. Yeah. Luckily, Demarius Thomas caught I mean, yeah. I got 40-something out of my first oh, receiver. I got, I got totally screwed on Decker. Like all oh, he got, yeah, he didn't get scored. And apparently, he dropped an easy touchdown and had seven targets and only caught two. 
That's not going to endear you to Mr. Manning. Especially no. when Welker no. stood out. Yeah, so. I had two touchdowns. I don't think Welker's ever had a game with two touchdowns on New England. So Anyway. Anyway, uh, this will be a nice segue. Um, and I think we're probably going to be a little bit at odds on this. Um, Bruno Mars is going to be the Super Bowl halftime act. Yeah, he is. Um, I, I, I suspect you're not... Overly thrilled with this. What is um, Ariana Celeste? What are a grande Ariana Celeste porn star? Ariana Grande not available. I look, or? At, I look at it this way. I really don't care. I can't even really tell you the last time I sat and and actually watched the Super Bowl halftime show with any kind of interest whatsoever. Um, I might have watched. I think I watched the McCartney one a couple years ago, whenever he was, but only because I just didn't get off my fat ass to go get another beer or something. Uh, I mean, as long as it's not something completely stupid, as long as it's not one of these, you know, MTV reality things or some complete talentless skank hack like, you know, Carly Rae Jepsen or mm-hmm. or, or uh, some somebody like that, I don't care. I think, I, I don't mind Bruno Mars. I think Bruno Mars has some legitimate talent and, and I think he's, he's, he's safe, certainly safe. Yeah, um, you, you know what it is? It may, maybe this is my issue. First, I'm tired of the milk toast approach to these goddamn things. Nipplegate was how long ago, and honestly, who cares? You know, I was watching that, and I didn't even see it. I, I was watching it with John Patrick mm-hmm. and Sue. And Sue all of a sudden says, guys, did you miss that nipple? I guess, because I didn't see anything. It, it really... I don't know, it, but to me, the fact that it's still dictating, I mean, honestly, come on, how pathetic are we? I, but I'm just afraid Bruno is so milk toast, and it, but it's the NFL. I have more of an issue with the, their process. And also, as a metal fan, is there any way, can we roll out a, what about a Metallica? Metallica's been around for 30 years Really has done nothing objectionable, has a massive fan base. Why can they not roll this kind of band out? Do yeah, we still need something that's gonna be on your easy listening top forty? I don't yeah, I don't I don't see that as any really any more of a stretch than having Aerosmith. A C D C Aerosmith that was on a few years ago. That, and, right. Why not an A C D C? Talk about a band that's done nothing objectionable. Yeah. Well, and the Who was on it. Wasn't yeah, it, wasn't the, the Who? yeah, they were. They, they were not, good. I'm not a real big Who fan. I never. I, I see. I always love the Who, but I. You know what? I don't want to see guys that are 70 years old still trying to rock stuff that they did 30 or 40 years ago. Yeah. And, and that that to me is the problem with rolling out a Who or a, or a Paul McCartney or try to be something. Uh, stay a little more current, but you know you what you don't need is to make the 13 year olds happy. Because the average... Well, that's what Bruno Mars is going to do. Right. The average age group watching the Super Bowl ain't 13. And to me, this is where they're closer to our age, so find something more for our age. Has Billy Joel ever done the halftime show? Not that I'm aware of. Why not a Billy Joel? Because because most of the people today are like, who the hell is Billy Joel? Yeah, and maybe. And maybe, again, I'm shooting my own argument with... Uh, the whole milk toast thing. You know, Billy Joel's kind of gotten himself in and out of trouble a few times, too. Yeah. Running into buildings, drunk driving, and stuff. <laughs> That's, right. Some people frown on that kind of behavior. Right. But, yeah, I, I can live with Bruno Mars. It's I, fucking hundred times better than Madonna and that horrible yeah, show. And don't give me another freaking... Uh, 
Oh, the 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 peas. Oh, what the? Oh, uh, black eyed peas. Black eyed peas. Because that, that was bad. horrible. That was bad. But they, there was a mishmash of stuff that year, wasn't it? Wasn't that the year that like Slash popped up? And... But they were all with the black eyed peas. Yeah, they yeah, did yeah, like yeah. a four song <laughs> set with those horrible pointer lights that they had people dancing around with. It just get out there and play some good freaking music. And you know what? I also don't want to see. Those douchebags that are all excited that get to run on the field for those shows. You see the the dude who looks like this is the greatest thing ever, so he can bounce around at the base of the stage. Which are just which are probably just a bunch of friends and family right. of the people that are that are running the show. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, or like male cheerleaders or something. As long as it's not so egregious and, and just playing off into that whole no talent people, I don't care. It's the same argument with me with Ellen DeGeneres at the Oscars. I really don't care because outside of the first five minutes of the Oscars where they're doing the little monologue thing, the, ho- the host is completely irrelevant. Well, in my only... They did apparently reach out to uh, Polar and uh, and What's-Her-Face, Tina Fey, for the Golden Globes again, and I'm way on board yeah, with that. No, they, they were I'm not a fan funny. of them in particular, but I will say they did a damn they good were job. They funny. I, I don't find them funny on their own, and I, I certainly don't find Parks and Rec funny. I don't find... 30 Rock, funny. But, but they play off each other. But they they did build a good repertoire. Repertoire? Well, I don't know. What's the word? Something like for? that. They, they built a they bond. They had chemistry. They did. And that's fine. And my issue more with Ellen was, as much as I can't stand her, I also was angry at how many people took the total feminazi approach and decided it was time to go Ellen after Seth MacFarlane in response to Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. And that, to me, is ridiculous. Because nothing he did was objectionable. Right. Well, depends on who you're talking to. Right. But look at the, you got to look at the silver linings on these things. Like The fact that Ellen is hosting this means that we're very likely to see Portia de Rossi on the red carpet. This is true. This is true. And she's still... Hey. She she looks damn good. She looked damn good in uh, latest season of Arrested Development. Even though I think she's had some facial work done. Like she looked a little changed up. Wake. Yeah, that was not a bad look for her. Yeah, I like that look. Anyway, so Bruno Mars, eh. yeah, whatever. Um, so before this this weekend, did you even know who Diana Nyad was? No, even though I have the feeling that I may have. Heard might have heard the name the of the palace, but couldn't have told you who it yeah, was. Right. Okay. So, she's the first person to successfully now swim from Cuba to the coast of Florida without a shark cage or all this kind of shit. Why should we care? I, I personally don't. <laughs> They're hyping this up for this, this big accomplishment. All right, yeah, okay. Maybe a big personal accomplishment. Maybe it means... So. Clearly it means something to her. I, this isn't an accomplishment. This isn't curing cancer. This isn't... Mm-hmm. This isn't doing something that is beneficial to humanity. No. If anything, it's telling the Cubans, you know, you don't have to build a raft to get across this goddamn thing. You can... If you really want to be enterprising and, and bold about it... Or is it making swimming. fun of the Cubans? Like, I swam it. Yeah, How oh, good can point. you make it in a freaking good raft? Point. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I just don't care. Well, it, it, did you listen to Carol this week when they did blah, blah, blog, and somebody did a total frickin' douchebaggy blog about how much of a 
an achievement this is for humankind, period. And, and it just, it's the most douchey it's kind no of thing. It's no different than the dude who tightrope walked across Niagara Falls. Yeah, don't care. Or, or cl- even climbing Everest. There's no benefit to humanity by doing any of this shit. Nope. It means that you put your you put your life on the line and you and you bucked the odds. That's it, all it means. It also means that apparently you have nothing better to do. Oh well, that, you have nothing. I wish this I is had like her eighth or ninth time trying this thing. I think, it, I think it was her fifth. All right, but regardless, okay. You know what? If, if if that's what gets you going, and and that's that's your personal goal and quest. Fine. Yeah, I don't care. Well, I'm happy for you. You succeeded. But don't don't act like this is just the greatest thing going on. You know, there, there are problems in the world that I don't need to have pushed aside just so I can go rah, rah, rah. You swam 100 miles. I think it's like 90 miles from, yeah. from Porsche. And she did it in like 58 hours. And, I, and I'm not saying that's doing that is not something. I'm sure it's, sure. it's absolutely exhausting. I'm sure that the number of animals that are trying to get you at some point make this insane. Because I know in the past you've been stung by jellyfish yeah. like crazy. That's what's usually stopped. And, 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 but I still really don't care. And if you get eaten by a shark, I'm not buying that no. it's a tragic death. No! You're, you're in there in neck of the woods. <laughs> I, I mean, I really... It, to me, it'd be more entertaining if they, they blew the whistle and said, okay... We'll give you a, a half-hour lead, then we'll release, release yeah. Shark. Right. That would be entertaining. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Because I'd be curious if it speeds your time make, up. Make like a Hunger Games thing out of it, you know? Oh, so, good. Right, she's made it 40 miles and nothing's really happened. Let's, let's, like, <laughs> let's cue the 10-foot swell. That's right. <laughs> Whip a little action up into this bitch. <laughs> yeah. Bring in the swells. Oh, you know what we need right now? Enermore ale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need some sharks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a Japanese whaling ship. Here we go. Let's see what they do. Now I'm invested. Oh, yeah. Now I'll sit and watch that shit. Yeah, just why? I don't give a shit about somebody who just decides. It's like the Tour de France. Oh, Dude, yeah. The most no. boring thing ever to watch. If you're not into cycling, I don't even know if you're into cycling, it may be boring to watch. I don't know. But you add, like, some Hunger Games effects. You add, get into the mountains and you start... All right, cue the cue the rock slide. Well, and that's what I mean. The, the only thing people give a shit about here, at least with the Tour de France, is when you see the big wipeouts yeah. <laughs> when they take down like fifty bikers all at once. That that to me is awesome. Yeah. Other than that, it, it just shows France is not a real country when even their favorite sport is biking. Yeah. You know what we yeah. don't say in the states? We don't say our favorite sport is speed walking. It's not, it's not a sport. It's a way of getting yourself from A to B. <laughs> not a sport. Sorry. Oh, shit. It is funny, though. So, I know we hadn't planned on talking about this, but did you see that in a two-week period, Australia had two major crocodile events? Two. Uh, I think I heard about There was the one with the... The guy who's at a party in a, okay. right in a wildlife preserve claim, yeah. saying right point blank that the crocodile infested water, he's going to swim across it. Yeah. And he gets drunk enough to start. Yeah. And they knew that there's at least a 20-foot croc, one 20-foot croc every couple kilometers. Dude didn't make it. And you, know, and you have crocs sitting there going like, huh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, we're gonna, so we're going to do this. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so, and, 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 and I think the croc even probably gave him a chance to get like halfway in. Let's at least make this sporting. No, well, it's just cleaning up the gene pool. Right. It's just fine. But I mean, I just picture this guy going, hey, watch this. And all his buddies sitting there watching is halfway across, and yeah. that's when croc appears. <laughs> well, a week later, they had some dude who'd planned his whole life to go on some kayaking trip around uh, uh, Australia. And he's out way out in the middle of nowhere, and he kayaks to some. Uh, he's kayaking out in one of the twenty-plus foot saltwater crocs going on his trail. He got to this island out in the middle of nowhere for two weeks. Oh, Every right. time he tried to get this. his kayak back, kayak back in the water, a saltwater croc would come and stalk his ass. <laughs> he basically had to put SOS signs in the sand to get off this island because croc was like, yeah. well, "Can't the croc come up on land?" Yeah, and, and all I can think is he must have found some place far enough up into the woods. The croc's like, "You got to come out eventually, yeah, dude. Really. At some point, you ain't making it on this island." <laughs> <laughs> that to me but is they did awesome. Rescue him. He finally got rescued. Somebody saw the S one, but he'd been living on twigs and berries for basically two weeks. <laughs> Bear diet. And, and you know Croc's going, eh, well, you know, you got away, but we told you. We showed you everything, buddy. Yeah. That, to me, is fun. When nature responds like that, oh, I absolutely. fucking love it, dude. Absolutely. Because you know that they're, they're getting... Croc has to really be confused with how many fucking crocodile jumpers and hundreds yeah. of stuff there are. Yeah. For, for millions of years, they were like the thing you didn't fuck with. And now every redneck douchebag is trying to catch one of them. Well, you know when they took the, when that, that uh, stingray took down Irvin, you know the crocs had a meeting after that? No. Like, Look... This motherfucker's been <laughs> fucking with us for years, and you let a freaking stingray right. get his ass. Really? Crocs unite! <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and it's one of those, you know, in the back, there's one croc going, yeah, he did it for us little guys. Yeah. Little guy, nothing! We're 20 plus feet, a badass, and a, a stingray just poked him and killed him. So, uh, we'll bring it up. 21 Jump Street, didn't like it, overrated, but now we're getting a sequel. Called Twenty Two Jump Street. Yeah, because you know that 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 title really took a lot of thought. You know, I I, I watched Twenty One Jump Street and I had heard all the hype and people thinking I, I I've lost faith in humanity because that just was not a funny movie. No, to me, no, it was. Yeah, I, uh, there there were one or two scenes that I thought were kind of funny, but but that does not enough to make them right. That I can find. Funny shit in some of the worst shows on TV. Yeah, I'm sure that if I sat and watched Anger Management for a few episodes, I'd chuckle at something. Right. But yeah, no, that movie was not good. I didn't need to see Channing Tatum and and uh, Jonah, Jonah Hill do anything again. Well, the, one of the problems was it wasn't Fat Jonah Hill. No, no, and thankfully we're returning to Fat Jonah Hill. <laughs> sort of, but Jonah Hill's like getting like legitimate work now. Yeah. Since he got his uh, Oscar nom, now you got him in, uh, what, uh, Wolf of Wall Street? Yes. Yeah. But th- that looks like it's going to be an ample amount of comedy to it, too. Yeah. It's, it's That movie's going to be interesting to see what angle it really does take. Right. Because the trailer certainly spins it as a comedy, but there's no way you can make me think the Scorsese's done that as a comedy. Right. Well, you know, he, he'll have comedic elements, like you said, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Twenty two Jump Street. I just, I, I don't care. Well, Ice T, Ice Cube, whatever, whichever Ice, ice it is, is ice. has already officially signed on because you know he was uh, he had to find a way to fit it into his well, schedule. He, and to be honest with you, he was the funniest part of the, of the movie. I thought. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, even though they kept circling back up for that little group meeting in the church, and it, that was just... But angry black man can be funny, if it's the right angry black man. Yeah, even Dokes or whatever his name oh, was. Yeah. They, he was the yeah. first season of Dexter, that was funny as hell. You hated him, but it was funny as hell. Right. Alright, the pretty slow news week, that's all we got. Uh, we'll come back with some What We Watched. Yes, sir. I got to see some flicks this week. You did. You're, you're going to be running with this one quite a bit. Yeah, I know we saw one that's the same, and we'll uh, we'll discuss that. Um, I was going to actually, and, and since I've got you like six to two on this one, I think. Well, yeah. Even though we have the one, I really kind of wanted to go from my worst to first thing. And to be honest with you, and this this may this may uh, give you hope for what I'm going to talk about throughout this. So my the worst of the six movies I saw. Was now you see me? Then let's let's do it. Now you see me. Um, I liked parts of Now You See Me, but then they tried to make some sort of story out of it that just didn't make sense to me. Mm-mm. I didn't understand the motivations of any of these people. Nope. Um, especially the four horsemen. Um, I, I I don't know what was in it for them. Nothing whatsoever. Um, other than to you know, be a part of the magical carousel at the end, which that was that no was horrible, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I wanted to see more. I wanted to see more of the magic. I liked the cast. I thought the cast was good, especially dude. I love I, Fisher. I didn't realize how hot she can be. She looked good. Um, I'm also. I think he he comes across as a bit of a douchebag. But I enjoy the hell out of it. I'm fairly impressed when Jesse Eisenberg just starts rolling off fast talk mm-hmm. dialogue. He did it a lot in Social Network. Yep. He did it a lot here. And I'm like, damn, that's pretty Even though at times good. I felt like I was watching the same character. Yes. He absolutely. has one mode of delivery with Absolutely. It. But I, unfortunately, I like that, mm-hmm. uh, that approach. But, uh, um, I mean, this had a great cast. But it just had no cohesive story. Well, it, it, here's... I found myself early on saying, did they spend every dollar on just the looks of the movie? Mm-hmm. How many shots of weird flashing lights up the side of buildings do we need? Mm-hmm. How many spotlights? How many laser shots? And I'm, I'm thinking, this is the most over-the-top... It, it was a film totally built on the look. But you, here's the deal, though. If you're going to do that, don't give me some of the worst CGI shots ever. The one where Isla Fisher whips the freaking robe or something out. And that was the worst CGI shot I've ever seen. That That was was brutal. That was dumb. And you want to take me out of a movie on magic? Start throwing CGI into it. Mm -hmm. Really? If you're going to do this, do sleight of hand. I love it. Because I know magic doesn't exist. Not like this kind of magic. 
It's all sliding in. I love the Seven of Diamonds thing at the beginning because everybody watching it did pick right up with the Seven of Diamonds. It's yeah. all on yeah. certain colors and yeah. shapes that your mind and eye catches, and they played on it. Yeah. Fine. That's real. Because if you go and rewatch a scene, you see plenty of other numbers, but because of the color, yeah. because of the number, Seven of Diamonds stands out. It's human nature. Play on that. Don't throw CGI bullshit in. You don't need... That CGI bullshit of her going in the bubble out over the audience uh, looked horrible. Yeah. Don't... You don't need to do this. Stick with the plan. Right. Because otherwise you are giving people bullshit. And you're right. But I don't know what the hell the plan was. This, this, that film degraded so fucking quickly. I still don't even know why. Spoiler alert... They decided to set up Morgan Freeman's character. I haven't even figured I, that I was, out. I was lo- it was lost. Why did they feel the need that he had to go to jail? Yeah. What did he do to them? Is it that they felt that he was going to spill secrets? If so, say that. Just the fact that he sold but $5 that, million But I'm DVDs, not sure that's illegal. It's not. There's been TV <laughs> shows on it. And, and honestly, so here's the deal. Mega spoiler alert. So what you're telling me is Ruffalo. Spent all this time being a detective when actually he was a magician. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> that was a plot twist that you thought you were being cute. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even make sense. No. So at what point did he have time to become the detective? Right. At the level he was. Because he was working with the FBI here. Right. We're not talking dude who spent... What was Interpol's home. check endgame? I don't know. It, 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 it didn't make any sense. It didn't make any this sense. This movie, I really wanted to like it. And early on, the, all the magic scenes stuff. scenes that were entertaining. Right. And you know what it was? Is Magic shows can be very entertaining. Yeah. You and I both, one of our the things that sucked the most, the only thing that sucked about Vegas is Penn and Teller weren't there when we were there. Yeah. That would have been great. And you know they're very upfront. None of it is real. Right. It's all getting you... Them controlling where your attention goes. Right. It's fucking with the audience. Yeah. Fine. You know that. And that's where this movie worked. Early yeah. on, when it showed each of them kind of doing their little tricks, that was great. Right. I still don't buy, though, what does mentalist have to do with magic act either? Oh, yeah. That, did, that just didn't even seem like a fit. Because the other pitch with this movie is... If this was going to work, they would have had to have been working together for a long, long time. Sure. They can't suddenly throw their shtick together in no time. Right. It does, anyway, no, this this movie, it may have done really well. And I know they've already greenlit a sequel for two, late 2014. Awesome. I don't care. It really, if this is what people are so gaga about, I'm baffled. Yeah. I, I just, unless they were getting lost in the magic scenes themselves... Be- I think that's exactly what Because even the music to me seemed weird. It seemed like they were putting almost like Benny Hill music at times yeah. to show it as a comedy. But I, it wasn't a comedy. I don't know what they were trying to do with it. No. Um, and, and ultimately, too, I mean, they've spent no time developing any of these characters. Oh, God, no. Um, so you really ultimately don't give a shit about The only character development you get whatsoever is... In one bit early on, when they when they show that or basically explain that Eisenberg, Isla Fisher had been his assistant and yeah. spun off and did her own thing. It was like one passing conversation yeah. when they were in the hallway trying to get into the room that they were all instructed to go to. Right. I just uh, I don't know. Yeah, not a good movie. No. Uh, one and a half. 
That's exactly where I'd land. One and a half. It it looked good, but when you start really thinking about it, the looks didn't make any sense. Right. All right. So, looking at my list here real quick um, of what I think was next on my my like dislike. Um, well, I, I, that that's by far. By far the worst movie that I saw over the over the last week. I will tell you that everything the next five that I whip off, there's nothing in the next five that is anything less than a three. All right. All right. Spoiler alert. Well, we always spoil. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, maybe our fans wait with bated breath to hear what your rating is. Yeah, maybe. Of course you didn't really say. You just said that start at three and work up. Yes. Uh, The next movie I saw that that I liked was The Bling Ring. You did see The Bling Ring. I saw The Bling Ring. Did you find it online? I saw The Bling Ring. (laughs) Okay. Um, And... I like the bling ring, but the bling ring falls into this trap of it really just to set up the bling ring is about this group of thieves in the Beverly Hills Hollywood area that would rob celebrities' homes when they found out the celebrities weren't around. And they're a bunch of kids for the most part. More, yeah, just you know, young socialites. Including one of them was on that Pretty Wild show on mm. E, which ran for a short period of time. Yep. Um, which is why the show went off the air after six episodes. Yeah, I like um, I like Sofia Coppola, the director, the writer director, and, and this was very visually. This was a very Sofia Coppola um, thing. It was it's like similar to like uh, Lost in Translation things like that. Um, what was a little disappointing to me about it was that it's. It was strictly, from the very minute opening shot, they're in their Robin houses. There was no no setup to any of these characters. It's basically like, the, the presumption was that you knew about this story, here they are doing their thing, and it spends a good, uh, uh, an interminable length of time... Just them going into houses, stealing shit, and then interacting with each other at either school or at nightclubs and stuff like that. A little too long. And they don't really set these people up as anything other than just entitled brats. So, yeah, what I'm getting then is it stays at a very shallow level. It does. So you don't really get to know them whatsoever. Exactly. Outside of all you see, the only the only context you ever see these people in are in in their persona of doing what they're doing, hmm. of, of robbing, and you know they've got their gay buddy, um, and there's like five girls, four girls, and well, four girls and one gay guy. You got you got a good cast. You got uh, Emma Watson in here. You got um, Taisa Farmiga is in here. Um, I, I never need to see Leslie Mann in anything again. She's an annoying freaking... I can't get past that freaking voice. Um, she's Judd Apatow's wife. Um, oh, her. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, I, yeah. She's so irritating in this. She's one of the, of the mothers and that. 
you know, and then eventually, part of the problem I had too, and I know this is based off truth, a bit true story, but I can't imagine the way she portrayed it in the movies here, that they had no trouble whatsoever, and maybe they didn't, they did. They pulled out $3 million worth of shit, of getting into any of these houses. They just walked up to celebrity houses, found doors unlocked, found keys under the mat. They're even like, they even show them like walking down the street trying to break into cars and stuff, or not even break in, just to see if they're unlocked. And they find like, oh, here's one that's unlocked, and oh, there's an iPad right there. Nobody had security systems. Nobody had anything in, in this neighborhood. Really? If that's for real, then if, celebrities if are stupider than we well, realize. If, that, if that's for real, then uh, it'd be interesting to see how many how many copycats come off based off this thing, or people trying to do this. And then the last half hour is, you know, that there's apparently they finally got seen on a surveillance camera. And then all of a sudden they start feeling the pinch, and then you get the the door knock from the cops on all of the on the things, and then they go through the. They don't even really touch on the courtroom piece of it. They just basically take them in there, and then immediately flash cut to them coming out, and they they announce what each one of them got for sentences and stuff. It just was very. They spent way too much time. With the pieces where they're just out there partying and having their good time. We get that. We didn't need to see them in allegedly Paris Hilton's house three times doing the same stuff. Playing around in her little VIP club room and trying on her clothes and rifling through shit. We get it. And, and, And after the eighth time that they're doing that same scene in somebody's house... We get it. Give me a little bit more depth of your character. Give me give me something else. Um, and, and we didn't get that. Now, now, with all that said, it was an entertaining movie. Um, you know, it was well acted. Emma Watson did a great job. They all did a great job with their characters. Um, it just I just wanted more. Hmm. And, and for that, I, I give it a 3 out of 5 for pure entertainment value. Not, nothing to think about here. <laughs> Whatsoever. Well, it's interesting because I, I heard comedian Doug Benson do a review of it on his Doug Loves Movies podcast. And that goes right in line with what he said. Is He said he really enjoyed the movie, but he doesn't feel like you get any more than you get out of the two-minute trailer. You learn that the kids break yeah. into houses a lot, steal stuff, and eventually are arrested. He said, so if you sit and watch two-minute trailer, you yeah. get everything that you get out of an hour-and-a-half-long movie. Right. You just see more of it in the hour and a half movie. So, and his review goes right along with what you just said. <clears throat> so, a three out of five for, for pure, just mindless entertainment. Hmm. Um, my next one, I figure I'll go because you've got one. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, I caught We're the Millers. You did? I did. I caught We're the Millers. Um, a comedy. A comedy. Yeah, yeah, um, and not a bad comedy. Um, I so it, I've heard, and it's not a bad comedy because it's an R-rated comedy, and we get R-rated Jennifer Aniston in this comedy. Really which makes dude. Now I've actually been looking to buy a copy of Horrible Bosses because I, I I've only seen that once. Netflix was. streaming. Horrible Bosses is yes, good to know. Um. We get Jennifer Aniston in this, who plays a stripper. 
Um, which, uh, now granted, it's an R-rated, an R-rated movie with Jennifer Aniston as a stripper, but it's still Jennifer Aniston. So you're not going to see anything of Jennifer Aniston because it's Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, I think she's only done one nude scene that I know of. Um, it was an ass shot. But um, you do get one scene where she's basically confronting a drug lord and kind of proving her point as to why she doesn't he doesn't want to kill her and she goes this is why you don't want to shoot me and you get quite the wonderful scene of Jennifer Aniston doing her stripper gag complete with going under the the shower thing with the water coming down and <laughs> yeah in bra and panties is basically what you get out of it uh, it's impressive. We <laughs> and need worth, more of this. Cause... And worth the seat. And, you know, it's it's Aniston in an R-rated role, which she needs to do more of. It's the America's Sweetheart thing with her got yeah, old. Yeah. When Friends went away in the 90s, unless you really want to be saddled with that for the rest of your life, you need to do something a little... Um, Sadukas is the lead in this. He's he's funny. I, li- I like Jason Sadukas. I know we uh, we anointed Emma Roberts our uh, of the week, of the week coming podcast, yeah. entitled little little tramp. Um, but she's actually good in this, and she's actually a little cutie in this. She can be. Um, and then I don't remember the kid, the other kid's name, but uh, he's pretty funny too. Dude, it's one of those things. It's it's extremely cliche ridden. It's it's exactly what you are. You know, family going or people going down to Mexico, posing as a family, trying to get drugs back across the border shenanigans ensue uh they meet other people that play into the whole the whole comedic piece of it It, there's nothing here that you don't see coming along the way but some of the scenes are just done well enough and given the fact that it's r are allowed to be a little funnier than than they probably would end up being in a Mm -hmm. pg movie um i mean there's a great scene where i know whoever and again i can't think of the kid's name but he's just this dorky neighbor kid that they brought along um, and to play the son. And I know when he read the script, he had to have been all over this role. Because it's basically, he'd never kissed a girl before. And Emma Roberts and Jennifer Aniston are teaching him how to kiss. <laughs> so, you know this dude is like, holy fuck. Scoreboard me. Yeah, exactly. And it's a good, a good two or three minute scene. Let's see. Um, it is. Uh, it's somebody I've seen before, but it's somebody I've Will Poulter. Yeah, I can't, uh, I can't think. He's total, total dork, but um, there are enough comedic moments. Oh, he was son of, uh, son of Rambo. At, uh, he was also in Chronicles of Narnia. He's one of those kids. Huh. Doesn't look like it. Anyway. Um, there are enough comedic moments in this for me to say that it's a solid enough comedy in the vein of a horrible bosses uh, hall pass I thought was pretty funny. So I think it's on that level. It's nothing groundbreaking. It's like I said, it's very cliche comedy. It's it's there's nothing here that's going to shock you like oh my god I didn't see that coming kind of thing. But it, it's funny enough. Certainly again. Don't run out and pay eight or ten dollars to see this in a theater. Wait, but it's certainly worth a red box pickup or something like that. It's it's funny enough. Um, from a comedy perspective, I'm getting a three and a half out of five. Cool. That's what one I definitely wanted to see. So, right. Um, I'll do one more, and then I'll let you jump no, on that, yours. That, go for it, dude. I saw 
The Place Beyond the Pines. You did? I did. I'm shocking you with all these movies that I saw. Because <laughs> I'm doing the mental math. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's available out in Redbox right now. The Place Beyond the Pines. No, I'm doing the math on um, how the hell you managed to fit them all in. Uh, um, well, I was off Friday, remember? I Good point. Friday off. Yeah, whereas I went to uh, work that day and was absolutely comatose for <laughs> half the day. We didn't even acknowledge that. We'll have to bring it up later on. Yeah. Um, you know, The Place Beyond the Pines was a pretty tight little movie. It was a little long. I think they could have saved some time off of that. that. Yeah, it, there's, there's some points that dragged out a little bit. But very well acted, very interesting story. And at times it felt like really three different movies that were kind of crushed into one. Uh, you got Ryan Gosling. He's a, a, a motorcycle stunt guy at, um, at a traveling carnival. It's one of those guys that, you know, where they put the, the three motorcycles in the globe and they zip around it. And, um, and uh, he's in the town where he hooked up with Ava Mendez a year ago. And now Ava Mendez is, uh, he, when he hooks up, when he meets up with her again, Ava Mendez is holding about a three-month-old child with her, which we turn out is... Doing the math. Yeah, <laughs> is, is Ryan Gosling. So immediately he's a little pissed because she never never tried to find him or tell him. He wants to he wants to be a father to this kid. She really doesn't want anything to do with it. She's sort of moved on. She's got a boyfriend and all this stuff. But Gosling is hell-bent that he's going to support this kid. Um, and he hooks up with a guy, uh, living with a guy, who basically was a retired bank robber. And so he decided that he, the, Gosling is now going to rob some banks to, to help out. Well, so they, they team up on a couple robberies. The guy's like, look, you can't just keep doing this every so often. You've got to lay low after a while. Well, Gosling doesn't want anything that. He's, he's sort of in it now. Um, starts trying to do it himself. Ends up getting himself uh, in, a, in a chase. And uh, things don't end well in that regard. Um, moving on to the next part of the movie. It's really, really all about the cop. Um, uh, played by Bradley Cooper. Um, who, who also does a pretty good job here. I, I'm liking Cooper in these non-hangover roles. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think he's doing a good job. It's basically about Cooper's character uh, having to deal with some crooked cops, having to deal with some consequences that resulted from his interactions with Gosling's character, uh, dealing with uh, his son who he sort of distanced, distanced himself from growing up and stuff um, on his step ladder towards like uh, district attorney later on and such and then the last part of it is more about his son who's now grown up and by happenstance ends up sort of befriending this other kid at school who turns out to be Ryan Gosling's son from earlier in the movie who had also grown up and was the same age and that stuff and sort of their interactions and, and all that. And it really ties this, weaves this whole story and ties all these things together in a pretty pretty cool way. Um, the ending's a little anticlimactic, but it's it's still a pretty tight little 
little movie that's very well acted, and I recommend it. I, I give it a four out of five. Mm. Um, like I said, my biggest criticism I have on it is it, it drags a little bit in spots, and it just seems maybe about 15, 20 minutes too long. Uh, I, I don't know how long exactly it was, but it 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 felt long. By the end of it, I was I was ready for it to wrap up. It's like two and a quarter, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it sure felt. For some bad. reason, I, I swear I looked this one up the other day because I heard somebody else review it and kind of said the same thing that it, it it feels like they could cut twenty minutes out of it. And I, I agree completely. Place Beyond the Pines is. Two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. so it, it, it feels two hours and twenty minutes. Um, so four out of five, though. Really, really good. Really well acted. Cool. Um, nothing Oscar worthy here, but 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 decent. Sorry. So go ahead. You got a movie, and I have my final. So uh, my other movie is one I really wanted to see since I first heard about it, and that's Michael Shannon's The Iceman. Love Michael Shannon. Uh, the the true story of. Richard Kuklinski, who apparently was a, a was the heavy, the 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 gunman for a, a small time mob boss, played by Ray Liotta in this, who basically is it's believed that he's killed over a hundred people, and I don't believe he's alive anymore, but he spent the, the his later years in prison till his dying day, and it, it's this movie is really really good it. It's a very dark, heavy movie, and Michael Shannon's perfectly cast in it. Because the whole reason he's nicknamed the Iceman is he he feels nothing for people. And it's interesting because right from the get-go, it starts with a scene with him dating his future wife, played by Winona Ryder. And just the way he interacts with her, it's, it's very flat, very to the point, and... For some reason, she takes to it. And they basically write it as if, well, this was the 60s back when certain gender roles were. He's the man. He takes care of her. She's the woman. She's supposed to be housewife and taken care of. She wants the house with two kids. That's what she'll have, and he'll do what it takes. And when he gets the offer to be the heavy for the for the mob, that's why. He decides, you know what? My wife wants that house in Jersey with four bedrooms, and we want a cut. We have two daughters. This is the way to do it. And right from there, the movie takes off. Interesting casting, in as much as David Schwimmer is in it as a mob boss, but he, true to form, he plays kind of this obsequious, oily one who gets the gets the small time group in trouble by capping the wrong people. Chris Evans has a role. As a guy who's called Mr. Freezy, and he's basically a hired hitman who rolls around in an ice cream truck, thus Mr. Freezy, as his cover of all kinds of cover. Nothing's quieter than an ice cream truck rolling through town. But the movie's all about Michael Shannon and the way he basically sees this and justifies this as some way of taking care of his family. And the guy flat out nails it. Some of the scenes... Just his lack of remorse and everything he does, some people could flat out struggle with. I, there's a scene where he's talking to his brother, because his brother ends up getting arrested for something else. And his brother makes the comment about how 
You're the one who feels nothing. God, as a kid, I remember you tying stray dogs to express trains just to see how long they'd last. And Shannon unblinkingly just kind of nods, and yeah, this is this is what I am. Yet, when you juxtapose that with the way his this family is really how this where this movie comes alive, um, I freaking love the Iceman. To me, it it was. Everything I'd hoped for, however, I would also caution people. It's not flat, out-and-out graphic every scene, but some of the implied graphic is still really rough for people. And I I think some may struggle for it. If you want to see Michael Shannon in full Michael Shannon form, though, he nails it in the Iceman. To me, this is easily a four to five. Nice. I'll check that out. I saw it out there. I just... Didn't know enough about it when I uh, was it, it really, really is a, a fantastic film. And the director I'd never heard of. It was a, a, I believe, a Russian dude. Interestingly shot a whole lot of semi-nuanced shots of cameras in the back seat looking through the front windshield as he's going on his different hits. Mm-hmm. And a whole lot of shots of just kind of zooming in on his face just to show his reactions or lack thereof as he just goes about his business. Right. Uh, yeah, if, if you like Michael Shannon, this is a movie you'll definitely dig. Right. Um, there's a lot of good young directors that are on our list of, I want to see what they're going to do next. Uh, I, we need to add Sarah Polly to that list. Take This Waltz. Uh, yeah, she did Take This yep. Waltz. Um, and now she's done Stories We Tell. Yep. Um, and this is one of those, I think, that's as much art as film as you get. Um, what she's basically done is shot a documentary-style film based on some of the some of the skeletons in her family own family's closet of finding out that her mom. Uh, uh, had engaged in some infidelities uh, as as part of a a traveling uh, acting troupe that she was a part of, and that Sarah actually is a result of that infidelity, and that all the people who she thought were her father and brothers and sisters are not fully biologically those people, but now half brothers and sisters and stuff. And how she sort of, basically how she pieced all of this information together based on accounts from all the different parties, including the father and the brothers and sisters and and, and, and her biological father and stuff like that. Now all the roles in this thing are played by actors and actresses, which I didn't realize until after. Um, and what I also didn't realize until after is that there's a ton of, because her mom... Diane, Polly, she passed uh, a while back, and there's a lot of reminiscing about who the mother was and how she was full of life and vigor and all this kind of stuff. And it never, even though she had these infidelities, it never portrays her as a bad person. Um, it's just a person who needed more than she was getting from the father side of this, and the father blatantly admits that that he doesn't hold her at any fault of this but there's all this footage in there of these old shot old home videos and stuff of the mom out 
partying and, and doing things with the, with this group of actors and all this stuff. And I didn't realize till after that that was all shot on Super 8 film to look like old home videos. It oh, was actually really? an actress that was portraying the mom and stuff like that. You would have never known. You would thought you were looking at old 1970s home movie footage. It was done that well. Then she intersperses it with... Uh, more modern day stuff, doing interviews with the brother and sister, quote unquote, and this type of stuff. And she pieces all this together. And like I said, we're talking about a family who's who's not all that unique. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much a basic family unit with, with flaws like any other family and, and some infidelities and stuff like that. Um, and But she pieces this together where you're just enthralled by how this... This, fair, this fairly normal family turned out like this, um, and, and the way that the way it, it basically is what you said in stories we tell is really just saying that each person knows about this, but they each tell this story in a different way, and to who they choose to tell it to, mm-hmm. and truths and half truths and lies and secrets and all that stuff. It's just fascinating to watch this for. You know, an hour and forty-five minutes play out. Um, it, it, it was it, to me. It was bold. It was a risky thing. I mean, you're basically throwing your, yeah, you family's, your family's dirty <laughs> laundry out there. Um, so yeah, I, I highly recommend it. it well, it's not going to be for everybody. Some people may watch this and be like, ah, this is kind of boring. I thought it was fantastic. Hmm. Four and a half out of five. Hmm. Um, which leads me to my final movie. Um. A movie that I've been jonesing hard for some time. Uh, I caught the spectacular now. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> um, I sucked it up and I ended up going to the Nickelodeon. And you know what? I had a hell of a good time going to the freaking Nickelodeon cinema. Were the chairs, have they been replaced? Um, Are they the, still the, the old 1980s chairs in there? It, it's still it's still an old thing, but it, it wasn't, it felt clean. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Um, you know, the theaters are a lot smaller. Yeah. Well, the screens are smaller. But, uh, you know, in I've become so, I don't know, I guess disenfranchised with the whole Megaplex lately, with the whole, you know, we'll just, we're just going to show. When you go and look down there and you can't find the spectacular now, but yet 2% Rotten Tomato getaways on there, and Grown Ups mm-hmm. 2 has got like six showings, and... Which is fine, you know, that that's fine. Those are movies that are out there. But give me some of these good movies that are right. out there. Um, and the Nickelodeon, as old and, and, and run down and, and stuff as this theater is, at least they're giving me movies that are that are worthy of, of being seen mm-hmm. and that should be seen. Giving the, the opportunity for people to see movies like that. Blue Jasmine was playing, the new Woody Allen thing. When is Cinemagic going to pick this up? Never. If... And only if these things are nominated, yeah. get significant nominations. They'll, the they'll roll them back out at that point as right. part of the, the pre-Oscar push. push. Right. Yeah. Which is, is just, it sucks. You know, I want to go see see these good movies that are coming out of the festivals that, that need to be seen. Because mm-hmm. these are the real filmmakers. Um, the Spectacular now is, is everything you've heard it is. Um, this is the type of, of movie that it's it's character driven, it's uh, performance driven. Um, the story isn't anything necessarily unique. There's no they're not breaking any new grounds here, 
Um, it's basically Miles Teller, high school senior, uh, moderately popular, but you can tell he's just sort of uh, class clownish, doesn't really take a lot seriously, and it's really just a cover for he just doesn't know what to do with his life, all this kind of stuff. Um, was involved with the hot chick, who the hot chick seems to like want to move past that, and you know, you get a lot of characters in here that's like, you need to do something, you're a smart kid, you do something with your life, and all he's doing is just like drinking and partying and not giving a shit what happens next. Um, he finally meets uh, a girl named Amy, played by uh, um, Shailene Woodley, Woodley uh, who starts falling for him, and I don't know if that was initially his intention up front, but he starts falling for her a little bit. But again, you know, his, his insecurities sort of get in the way of that whole thing. And it's really, he lives, he lives with his mom, played by Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, and he never knew why his uh, his dad left him and stuff like that. So he hunts down the dad, played by Kyle Chandler. So you can see there's a there's a tremendous cast involved here. Um, and, and, and you know he goes and hooks up with his dad for a day. And, and you know it, there's nothing groundbreaking there. It's just all very performance driven. Shailene Woodley is great. We love Shailene Woodley. We've we've. You and I have always said, like, we got to go see this because Shailene Woodley. Mm -hmm. This is Miles Teller's gig. It really is. And he fucking nails it. Dude. What do I know him from? Um, well, I, I'm sure you didn't see the, the latest Footloose. He was in that. No, I'm certain I did not. Um, he was in something else. I can't think. Oh, oh, You'll know him if you see him. Um, but, yeah, Shailene Woodley and, and Miles Teller are stars. They are real legitimate stars, young stars, that we're going to hear a lot, uh, a lot from uh, in the future. Um, it, what did you find? Yeah, I am... Doo -doo 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 -doo, Miles Teller. Project X, 21 and over. He doesn't have a huge rep uh, resume at the moment, I don't think. But, um... Footloose, Rabbit Hole. He was in that show, The Unusuals. I didn't see that. Um, anyway. Uh, just very well done and very authentic. A very authentic look at what teenage life uh, in in this town. It, it, I think it was like a. It struck me as like a Florida-ish, Alabama-ish, only because I saw Publix in the background as mm -hmm. they were driving by. So it's it's southeastern, um, and it, it really was a very authentic look at what high school life would be like for these kids. Um, in this time, in this situation. Well, it's funny you say that because the, the one comparison I'd heard is it's it's kind of a modern take on what the Breakfast Club tried to do for 1980s high school. In in a in a different way, um, I almost I almost feel like Perks of Being a Wallflower aligned better with Breakfast Club's uh, stuff, um, but but I can see some comparisons there as well. Um, it's, it's so well acted. Like I said, we're not talking about new ground here. We're not talking really about characters we haven't seen play out in different movies before. Um, it's just, they play out here 
better because the the writing is better and the performances are better, um, which gives it a far more authentic feel. Uh, everything you heard about this movie being being great is 100% on, on target. It's a 5 out of 5. Wow. All right. So I... I I'm not going to say I had a better time with this than I did the way way back. It doesn't supplant the way way back was my favorite of the year, but it's 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 different. The, the spectacular now is a better movie, but I had more fun with the way way back. Mm-hmm. But it may have been the whole top the the topics. It may have been the comedic parts of Sam Rockwell. It was just more of a. It was a little lighter with its dark. This one here is it's. It's not it's not dark, but it's definitely got a more serious tone. All right. Uh, but but definitely see it. Cool. So we'll break here um, and we will uh, talk about the upcoming fall, fall TV, TV season. Right into this world all alone. That takes your soul. So, lots of good new shows, lots of old shows restarting here in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. It's the fall TV season, which is a good thing. Um, I figure maybe we ought to just touch base on some of the stuff that's coming to a close. Yeah, first. We, we got a few there. We got a few what, majors that are going away. Four more episodes of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um, Three of Dexter. <laughs> yeah. Um... Breaking Bad, though I do. Breaking Bad, I, I don't know how, I don't know how anybody could debate that this may be the greatest TV drama ever yeah. to date. With no disrespect to other good dramas that are out there, because there are a lot of them, but this thing is this nothing is, short of brilliant. It is brilliant. Everything about it is brilliant. And it sucks that there's only four more episodes. Um, because it's never missed a beat. In five seasons, this show has never missed a beat. No. No. Each episode's so tight, I don't know if there's anything throwaway in any of them. No. I remember, well, just this week, Kenny was talking to me about it at work, and he was on the episode from, like, season three where Walt is obsessing about the fly in the lab. He, he, He thought, he couldn't understand why. I said... It's showing how dedicated to the craft Walt is. That knowing that that one little thing is in his lab is killing him. Yeah. It's some. It's it's it is that one extra little piece that's putting him over the edge because he's got everything down to such a science. Yeah. And for Walt, that kills him. Yeah. And it, it, that show is just incredible. And talk about a way to go out. This season is just. Holy God, dude. Yeah. They're throwing everything they can at you. Yeah. And many of these people, I think, are going to... And I think things are going to end poorly for many of these people. Oh, they... If, yeah. Either jail or dead, I think yeah. at least half of the cast 
is somehow going major cast is going to yeah. end up in the gra- in the ground or in a cell. Yeah. I just hope it's only... not Walt because I really I've become a Walt fanatic, dude. <sighs> the only uh, the only person that I, I can say for certain that I think will survive this will be Saul. And that's only because they were talking about a spinoff. <laughs> well, and I think Saul also has enough. He, he's covered his ass in enough ways. He'll get. He'll find ways out of it. Oh, and Saul's in the spectacular now too. By the way. Oh, is he Odenkirk? Yeah. I've seen Odenkirk popping up in a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have a big role. It's just a bit thing. But uh, it's always good to see Saul. Yeah, you can't go wrong, with little Saul. Now we have Dexter. With uh, three episodes left, I guess. Yeah, um, and it's weird because they just took a. a one week off break, which I don't understand doing that. But did we confirm that it's only a twelve episode season? I, I have. Right. Yes. So there really is only three episodes because it, again, Dexter is entertaining, but it seems an awful. Lot, it, I don't. Know, it seems to me like the last four or five episodes of Dexter, nothing's happened. No, they they keep rehashing the same things. Yeah, and. You and I have discussed the, the current wrinkle they've thrown in. If this is really the way things are going to go, I don't like it whatsoever. Because I don't like... The way that this thing was building, It they, they could have had Deborah be the suspect. They could have had anybody... Again, I, I theorize that Matsuka could very well have been the serial killer the whole time. And if the current character they've added turns out to be... All they did was add a character with three episodes, really three episodes left, to be the killer and blame everything on. That, to me, is cheap. I, I And it goes back to what I think has been indicative of the past few seasons of Dexter, where everything just seems way too convenient in their writing style. Yeah. When he needs to have access to the main computer in one of the labs, everybody in the police force yeah. seems to disappear. Yeah. It's a fucking Miami-Dade County Police Department. There's no room in there that's ever going to be empty, but they all just leave. Right. Oh, it's coffee break, and we're all taking out, and he can have free access to everything with no trace. And they they go to this well too often. This to me is a show that it's time for it yeah. to go. Yeah, I think they've run out of uh, run out of creative ways to do this stuff. Well, they've got to really ramp up these final three episodes. Um, which, which I hope they do, but yeah, I, I agree. It's it's time. Um, speaking of, it's time. Thankfully, apparently next year is going to be the last season of True Blood. I did see that, I'm and I heard be... they're trying to return to form a little bit. Oh, but I don't even know if they remember what why? that form is. Yeah, why? And I don't know that you can go back. They've <sighs> they've done so many things to it. No, I, I I've completely... I didn't even bother with the last few episodes of the season. It's yeah. so freaking far off the rails stupid at this point. Um, but at least they're acknowledging that, too. At least in their own ratings, they're kind of like... The actors are probably like, what the fuck are we doing here, you know? But anyway, it's time to look forward. Now, two shows have already started, which I haven't seen yet. You have. I have. And it's basically the comedies uh, that we watch. Always Sunny in Philadelphia and The League... To me, without seeing these first these first episodes, um, I would say the league has uh, overtaken Always Sunny uh, by a large margin yeah. uh, as far as the funny. Always Sunny is, is one of those comedies where at times I think it tries to be really cerebral. At times it seems tries to be really base level. I I love it, and when it yeah. hits, it hits well. Yeah. 
Unfortunately, this episode didn't hit. Didn't hit. It really wasn't that funny. Um, and again, I go back to if you look two seasons ago, Frank's whore was one of the best episodes I ever had. And that set up for a great season. Right down to the final episode was them going to the reunion and becoming everything that they were back in the day. And the the dance scene at the end of it was awesome. That was awesome. That was what an always sunny season is supposed to be. Bye, whore. Yeah. (laughs) And they just leave her out in the hallway. You're a good whore. Yeah. And you're going to be a good wife. (laughs) That's always sunny. Unfortunately, the first episode feels like the season prior to Frank's horror season, where the only funny one was really the, the, the gang buys a boat. And it really wasn't that, it wasn't that great. But it's only the first episode. We'll see. And that's, that show's only got what, one more season? Think this year and then because and it was their own choice to let it go. Yeah, because they're all starting to do other projects. Yeah. Um, but the league, on the other hand, mm. the league, I, I'm always funny with the first episodes of the league because they it's always around the draft and it's always going to be cameo for this football guy, cameo for that. And it, to me, sometimes those don't play out well. And I'm not sure that the cameo with J.J. Watt in this one plays out that well. But what's classic is, for people that know the league, this one starts out great in as much as it's all around the fact that the, the winner last year is one of the guys we never met, one of the three online drafters. Um... The loser is to me the best character in the show, Ruxin. And he <laughs> yeah. went and if you remember if you've ever seen the show, the loser wins the Sacco Award, which is giant a giant bull ball sack. And they also have the Sacco challenge that they have to do. And in this case, he has to wear a bull costume, stand with the giant sack of with the giant ball sack hanging down, stand in front of a vegan restaurant and tell people they should be eating meat or kick him in the balls. And he vows there's no way in hell he's going to do that and quits the league. And yet he still goes to the draft because the draft is going to be hosted by this wealthy dude who's done the thing online in, I think, Vegas. It was either Vegas or, or L.A. Um, and he still goes along with it because it's also... The nuptials for Andre and his bimbo girlfriend who's got the... Wasn't there an episode last year where they realized that every time she kisses, it looks like a butthole opening and closing? Yeah. So it's... Andre's going to use this as the weekend to decide who's going to be his best man. He's also hoping to have a bachelor party thrown in around the draft. This show, dude, is fucking awesome. (laughs) It, it, It hits the ground running. The league is... By far the funniest thing on TV right now for me, yeah. at least from the shows I'm watching, and let alone for an FX show. Right. It, it really does a great job, and there's some great Jenny scenes in this too. And I love me Katie Esselton. <clears throat> so yeah, the league. If if it continues, this this shows on. It's going on what season five, five. which yeah. is crazy because this was one of those that was a. Mid-season replacement yeah, season four one years was ago. Six episodes. Right, it was just a mid-season that people started talking about, and next thing you know, this thing's become something completely different. Right. It's amazing. So yeah, the league definitely watch it. And both of those shows, I think, are available on Netflix streaming. They are the first few seasons of it all. Yep. So uh, if you haven't started, it's a good place. 
Um, there is one other comedy of, that's coming out this year uh, as a new show that I might look into um, just to see um, the Michael J. Fox show. I'm a little interested in this. Um, and I don't know if this is going to be like a car wreck where we're well, just going to watch are you interested? or Parkinson's guy flail around. But I always liked Michael J. Fox. I think he's funny. And I think if they allow him to to play off and make fun of his situation. Which he's done in the past. Which he's done in the past. Bosman. I think, uh, I think this could be funny. I did notice, and I was watching one of the trailers, uh, looks like Betsy Brandt is actually in this as his mom. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it's his mom, but I, I, she's I, in it. Who's the one? I, I had seen... Who's the man with the dude playing his dad? There's, there's another major oh, a, um, bit of casting, too. Uh, was it Candace Bergen? What, what show was that that she just got cast for? Candace Bergen? Yeah. She just got cast for something as... Somebody's mom, and I don't know if it was that or not. Is there a chick who's looked like she was eighty longer than Candace Bergen? No, uh, Betsy Brandt may actually play his wife. I, I got to remember that Michael J. Fox isn't like young Michael J. Fox anymore. Um, but what I've seen from it, it doesn't look that bad. I mean, I might check it out just because I like Michael J. Fox, and I want to see if they let if they let him play off his his shaky yarn. <laughs> see if they let him make fun of himself. Um, oh, there's some talent on the show. Who dude. didn't? Uh, who didn't like Alex P. Keaton? Oh, dude, I, I, well, obviously, all I liked him because I agreed with all his political <laughs> views. <laughs> well, yeah, give it to Tina Yothers, that bitch. <laughs> Tina Yothers. Anyway, I might, I might take a look at that. I don't know. Um, Tuesday? I don't know. Tuesday or Wednesday? Sons of Anarchy fires up again. The 10th. So that would put it as Tuesday. Okay. Um, Another show that I love, another show that, and I think it is, that probably needs to start wrapping it up. I would agree. Um, Because. It's got one more season two to my knowledge. There's this one and the one more? To my knowledge, yes. Or is this it? No, I believe there's one more after this. He'd always plan on doing it as a seven season arc if they were going to let him. With the ratings, you got to believe they'll let them. Yeah, um, but another another show that's I don't want to say is degraded, but has painted itself into a spot where it really needs to some shit. Something needs to happen. Something needs to give. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only way that this show can stay true to itself and give is it's going to have to start whacking some major people. I have heard rumors that a major cast, a major character dies in the first episode of the season. Oh, be major character. Be Which is interesting after last season where Opie, who is arguably one of the more popular characters of the show, yeah. got whacked. Well, I want to know how much longer, uh, um, shit, what's the cop's name? Oh, the, uh, uh, the, uh Mun- the Munzer. Munzer, yeah. Munzer, that's oh. it. How much longer can Unser survive untreated? I don't know untreated that. <laughs> I'm gonna say I don't know that he is surviving at this well, point. <laughs> he kind of looks. Dead. He's clearly not doing chemo because he had he has a little bit of hair up there and stuff. He but... also doesn't have a pot to piss in. So, oh. 
His whole thing is he just he's got his weed and he just yeah that's it. <laughs> he just lives in that nasty trailer and he, but, uh, all those years of him helping the Suns has backfired on him. He's got nothing to show for it. But uh, the the Suns has become one of those now where the first few seasons it was like every episode was just like spot on nailing the stuff. Now it seems like almost not. Not in the same vein, but almost true bloodish, where they've they've gone in so many different directions. They here. got into the mythology of it too much. <sighs> when it was early on, it was about the bike club, and yeah. it was done in a in a way you could say, "Oh yeah, there's these outlaw clubs. Right. That's what this life is like." Right. Now it's gotten into the mythology of things, where to me it's now got it got seems the, like it's it, the it's drug still entertaining. Thing, you brought Danny Trejo in. You got the porn thing. You brought Jimmy right. Smiths in. You've got. The guns thing, and then you got the Mayans, and you got the new sheriff that they're doing. They're dealing with way too much shit, mm -hmm. and it's making it a convoluted mess some, on some of these things. Right. Then you throw in an episode, you know, that's just just shocking, like Opie's death, or or uh, Tig's daughter getting torched by Pope, Oof. which was just brutal. That was freaking shock. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's still capable of doing good stuff. It's still an entertaining show. But they need to like consolidate a lot of these uh, these side story arcs. A I'm bit. hoping that as at least the final season wraps up, they pull it all back together again because you can see where where are we at right now. So so Clay is Clay and Tara are in prison. Yeah, uh, and and Gemma is kind of happy because. She didn't like no longer being the, the old lady of the club. Right. She didn't like Tara taking over. Well, she's suddenly old lady again, yeah. even though she's old lady because she's mama to the president. Yeah. Um, I do. I am excited to see what they're going to do with Donnell Logue's character. Because I really like Yeah, him. that was that was what interesting. I hear, he is really one of the big villains this year. Well, so he can I'm play hoping, one because that was yeah that was awesome. I like Donnell Logue, so I'm here. That that was one of the best. The best scenes last year when uh, Otto bites his own tongue off. Well, it was a great line. Way to commit, Otto. Yeah, way to commit. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, I'm excited to see what, what Suns is going to do. I, I just, yeah, I hope they uh, I hope they rein it in a little. I, I agree. Um, but, of course, women everywhere are excited because at least Jax <laughs> is going to be in Fifty Shades of Grey. So, right. so they're getting their dream come true. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> Um, American Horror Story's coming back, and this time they're doing Witches. American yeah. Horror Story Coven. Yeah. Which basically probably just means a third season of a show that just fascinates me, but I have no fucking yeah, idea. no what idea what's going on. No, and, and, and the other problem I have with it is, if I think back to what I saw during the season, a lot of times I can't remember shit because it's such a cluster. Yeah. You, I, were, I, you I, remember I, bits and pieces of the first season. Yeah. You remember bits and pieces of last season. But... But Nothing I, consistent about the story because no, I don't know what the story I, is. I don't even know what the story was about. Yeah. But but yeah, it's it's just it's unlike anything else on TV hmm. visually. Um I yeah, I just I'm not sure what it is they're doing. No. But it's watchable. Yeah. Yeah, I just long, again, as long as it's not another name game episode. Well, but well, I, I I will watch it. Um they add I, I a just, couple people. Did they add like uh, Angela Bassett and uh, Kathy Bates is going to yeah, be? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm curious on this one. I like uh, the asylum thing. 
so fucking cliche. I, I don't. I don't even like it. Like when ghosts are, we're going to this asylum. I don't mm-hmm. want to see asylum stuff. Yeah, we know there's bad house. juju in an yeah. asylum. That, that goes without uh, saying. So I, I wasn't a big fan, as big of a fan of the asylum. I liked the house better. The, the first season was definitely better. But I'm interested to see. what And I also do. didn't like the alien piece in last season right. either. Um, I, I am curious to see what they'll do with a coven of witches, especially yeah. if you're throwing Angela Bassett and Kathy Bates in on this. Yeah, no, I, I'd be interesting. Honestly, I, I'd be down for it. I, as much as at times I bitch about the show, I do enjoy it. I just don't know what it is I'm enjoying. Right. So. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll get something a little more coherent this time. Um, or at least a Talking Dead kind of show afterwards to explain what it is we saw. Well, that'd be awesome. But a uh, nice segue, because The Walking Dead comes back, I think, October 10th or something mm-hmm. like that. And you tell me there's a more anticipated show at this point. On cable. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. Holy God, dude. I can't wait. Um, you know, that's a, a show that uh, has just consistently gotten better. And uh, they've got... They're, they are prone to throwing out one or two episodes a season that is also just like Emmy quality performance yeah, stuff and giving you character oh yeah that's that's this show is is brilliant at giving you character even to the point where it's like last year with the uh, with Lori's death episode was just freaking insane yeah. and ever since that we've gotten freaking badass Carl you, what you, you gotta love oh uh, you you've taken one of the most despised annoying little characters and you've turned him to the thing where we want more of that. Oh, yeah. Because he is freaking awesome. Um, yeah, I killed my mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically plugs his mom. Dude, that... that. It, I would argue it also gave us... That. My favorite episode last season is probably the one where... Uh, Carl and Rick... And I'm losing uh, the black... Uh, Michonne. Michonne, go to get the photo from uh, from inside the restaurant. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it was just Michonne and Carl yeah. because that was that was the catch. They had gone to the town to, and that to me it, it, it was such a great episode because again, when this show bega- when you start thinking it's just a zombie drama, then all of a sudden they roll an episode like that which had zombies. But they were just part of the scenery. Yeah. It was all about the interaction, what makes these people tick, and just what you would hold on to if society as we know it collapsed. Right. And, yeah, The Walking Dead is such a brilliant, brilliant show. Very well done. And it's going to be interesting, because my understanding that, uh, oh, who's the guy who plays the governor? Uh, David Morris. He's... Signed on for this year, mm. but I hear he's in another show. He's been cast as the lead in starting at, which will be shooting after this one. So all signs point to the fact that the governor's run on this show will end in one way or another at the end of this season. Mm. It'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Because last we saw, the governor mowed down all his own people that had joined him for the assault Except his two little henchmen who were pussies and wouldn't would had the chance to cap him, yeah. and instead back down because I guess in their mind he's a douche, but he's survival. Right. But. But I can't wait. Yeah. No, it's going to be a great, great show to get going again. 
Um, jumping on another one that I'm ready for is Homeland. Season 3 of Homeland will begin. And talk about the show that ended in a spot where... You know, it's it's been incredible TV for two seasons. Are we at the point now where we need to get past and do something with this Carrie-Brody dynamic? Where we where where something something bad's gotta happen at some point here and that pushes yeah, this so show in a different direction. Or is it gonna be just another one of these seasons where Carrie hates Brody, then loves then Brody, then hates him. Brody, then loves Brody and, and he just keeps getting off the hook for this and, and stuff. I mean how how long can that survive? I mean, yeah, we've got the beard Saul. Uh, who's awesome? Who's now, I believe, uh, top guy at uh, at uh, CIA? And apparently, if the final shot of last season is what we think it is, he's also is on the other side. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's one of the best shows on TV right now for sure. I the, just think it needs to get, start moving past this core. And this is where the Carrie Brody thing, the the Carrie thing with her being. Is it bipolar or manic? Uh, I believe she's bipolar. Bipolar. Where they may need to downplay that a little bit if they want to move ahead with that relationship. Because that's the way they can play the relationship is because of her being bipolar. It's how, how she can turn things on and off. But I agree, if we keep going back to that, that'll just get real old real quick. Yeah. And I, I think they got to deal with it because we saw the situation where... Brody's dealing with his own freaking broken home life, yeah, and all that. And we don't need any side, uh, any Dana storylines on the side this year either. No, <laughs> no, she was that was getting really and, old. And, and besides, the, I really can't. How many memes are out there about the her son? <laughs> Wait, Brody has a son. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, um, no, it, it's it's a great show. Um, Definitely need to get. I can't wait to see what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. And you know, at times, Homeland is like that slow burn, and then all of a sudden, it's like bam! It'll just punch well, you in you the know, face. Well, you know, yeah, it, it kicks you in the balls yeah. every now and then. Where yeah. you go, where did that come from? Right, exactly. And, and that to me really works on a political intrigue kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I can't wait for Homeland. Yeah. Um. Was there any other? ongoings that you wanted to bring up? Because that's all I had really on my list of stuff that we watch religiously. And I have a couple of, like, newer things that are starting. I'm trying to think if there's any other ongoings. Um, I'm not far enough along in Boardwalk Empire. I know I've that starts... Uh, actually, I think that starts tonight. Um, I've seen pretty much the first season, and I love it. It's great. It's good, good uh, Prohibition-era gangster stuff. It's just it's a time thing for me of, of trying to catch up to it, um, but everything that I've seen uh, of it, it's it's a brilliant show. HBO is knocking it out of the park. Well, the show I hate myself for watching, and I I don't know if I'm going to continue watching, but I probably will. Is Revolution starts up again pretty quick? <laughs> yeah, and that that one I really kind of hate myself because and I'm not alone. I don't know how many times I've heard people reference the fact that they have no idea why they continue to watch it. Yeah. Not much happens. It's all the same thing. It seems so ridiculous. There are plot holes aplenty, yet every time, at some point, I, I'll, I'll say, fuck this show, I ain't going to watch it again. Yeah. And I'll wait and then go through five episodes in one sitting. 
No, uh, that's a show that's going to end up eventually on Netflix, you know. Yeah, I believe After season the, one is. Oh, is it? Yeah, um, yeah that, that'll be a binge watch at some point when there's nothing better to do. Unfortunately, it's like 21 episodes. <sighs> and uh, the same things happen in about 20 yeah. of them. Yeah. Uh, Arrow is another one I'm still... Yeah, I've only on. gotten like three episodes in. Um, that's going to be kicking up again soon here. But, uh, but you know, though, I, I again, I'll give props though to the CW for trying that. It appears to that it's been a success for them because yeah. people like the show. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will be starting in a couple weeks. Can I'm this, intrigued. Can this translate to the small screen? I don't... Uh, early word has... That's still the question. Um, that it works for some, for others it doesn't. Well, it's interesting. Is is Whedon writing it? Or is he just... I thought he was just producing just it. producing it. I'm not sure who's writing it. Um, but typically, I mean, Whedon, all of Whedon shows that have been on TV are great, but you have to give a little bit of time for those Whedon shows to build up. Um, because he's such a character guy, he's going to want to do a lot of establishing of characters. Um, and sometimes that's to the detriment of a lot of action and things like up front. Um, and again, is... Is the demographic for the Avengers? He's wrote two episodes. Joss Jed is must be his brother, and some chick named Marissa Tancheren. Tancheren. Um, I think it's his son, actually. Um, because he's fifty. Do you know that? Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, are are the fans of the Avengers? Are fanboys? who will go and invest the two hours to see this movie, going to invest an hour every week on a TV show, which is basically going to be based off of, you know, Phil's character and his subordinates at the S.H.I.E.L.D. agency. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. Is this, you know, because I get the feeling this is going to feel... I don't know how... I don't know how interspersed they're going to make this show with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Or if this is going to be more of a standalone, weekly procedural type show. And I don't know if how I don't know how well that pans off. I don't know if people are going to be expecting a lot more of the Marvel Cinematic stuff in this. And will they be disappointed if that's not really what they get? Because I don't think that's what you're going to get. No, I don't think you'd you may get that a, You may TV get an show. Easter egg from time to time. But this isn't going to be, uh, you know, a, a, a sidebar to that mm-hmm. whole thing. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I want to see I'll definitely happens. give it a chance. I'm, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm a little concerned that, that this may be something that doesn't have longevity, though, uh, on the small screen. And I, Yeah, and i got to believe that the bogey it needs to hit for, in terms of viewership is pretty big. Right. Because there's got to be a yeah. pretty good cost around this. Yeah. Even if they're not rolling out constant Avengers stuff. Yeah. Uh, Sleepy Hollow, something you've mentioned in the past that you're... Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. Um, you know, the, the trailers make it look kind of cool. It, it, it's... It, I've never been a big fan of the, the mythology there, but... Oh, you see, I, that's the thing is I dig it. I love the whole Ichabod Crane thing. I, I don't know how well this will play out. Early word has the first... 
the episode that was released for screening was a success, but I don't know who they showed it to. And I don't know if it's an unbiased crowd, but it's basically that Ichabod Crane, the fight still goes on. He's he's on his thought or brought back or somehow and, and continues the battle mm-hmm. with forces that, that people don't realize are around us. I'll get a chance. It, it, the thing is, Fox scares me, but then, as you and I have discussed before, I say that, but then they gave us Fringe, which to me was a brilliant show, which a lot of networks wouldn't have given Fringe the amount of room it had. Yeah. And, and let alone allowing it a fifth season with almost next to nothing for ratings right. to really tie itself together. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give Sleepy Hollow a chance. It, the trailers look interesting. Hopefully it works. If not, they'll... Um, the only other one that sort of struck my eye, uh, and I'm I'm concerned with, but I'm intrigued by at the same time, is Dracula, mm-hmm. which is going to be a 10 o'clock on a Friday show. Which is already almost a death slot. Well, yeah. I mean, it's going to be the follow-up to uh, Grimm on NBC. Now, that's, that's there's strike one right there, NBC. Strike two, late night on Friday. Mm-hmm. And strike three, are they going to make this out to be more of a, a, what are they going to do to Dracula, okay? Are they going to glam and sexy Dracula up here, or like they did that werewolf thing that didn't last a couple years ago, where they just, I can't remember the name of it, um, uh, the guy from, uh, I want to say the guy from Hawaii Five-0 starred in it, and I can't remember the name of it, but it only lasted maybe a half dozen episodes. Um, and they just, are they going to take this classic vampire character and put him in a business suit and, and, you know, that kind of thing? Um, I I don't think so because they're actually, I think they're talking about this here where Dracula goes to, uh, Victorian England or something to try to sell, uh, uh, American scientific technology to that era and stuff like that. I, I don't know what they're doing. I'm sure it's going to be a twist on what you're normally used to with Dracula. I don't have a lot of faith that NBC is going no. to No, that's, that's instantly problematic when you put uh, attached to NBC. Talk about a network that in the, the 80s and 90s was living the dream and in the past 15 years has become just all but shit. Right. Nobody, and... and Again, that's Revolution's network, but I can tell you that doesn't mean anything. Right. Um, I, I think the popularity of shows like Revolution are basically those people who just haven't invested either the time or the money to get involved with the cable network. Right. It's on. It's there. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. People who are still living their lives through the big four networks. And let's be blunt. I would also say putting Revolution on Monday helps. Is it's early in the week? You're 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 not winding down at that point. Is it an eight o'clock show? I think it's nine. Oh, it'll be interesting to see what when football starts kicking its ass, because <laughs> that's going to happen soon. Yeah, uh, yeah, it it did okay ratings wise last year. Now I do want to say that it, it had its up and down moments, but they were strong enough that they they agreed to another season pretty quick. So yeah. well, it's capturing yeah. the people who don't watch football, right? So, any other shows that you're uh, looking at? Or I can't really think of any at this point. You know, this is just strictly the, the fall piece. You know, the mid-season replacements, the spring stuff. We'll talk about that later when we get into the 
Game of Thrones and girls and all that kind of stuff. But this is this is pretty much the now through the end of the year. Yeah, because HBO's big show coming up right now is Boardwalk, right? Because that's their fall show. Yeah, fall into winter, midwinters when they do girls and and Game yeah. of Thrones. Girls will come next, and then Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Will lead into the final of True Blood. So then thankfully. They'll have to find something out. So that's what we're looking at this fall. Um, you know, it's 20 minutes till kickoff, 15 minutes till kickoff. So yeah, time to grab time a to grab, grab a beer and a spot on the couch to get I, ready. I believe so. Make so, sure the clicker's ready to go. I don't know what we're going to talk about in two weeks. Um, a little early for our horror <sighs> uh, thing. I think we're going to do that after Carrie next month. But I do think that uh, Insidious Two comes out soon. But maybe we'll talk about yeah, that, that would, during the horror during the thing. Horror thing. Because you and I are very passionate about the idea that horror needs to be in October. They yep. need to get back, return to the roots of what makes October, October. Yeah, I agree. And that this film studios have kind of gone astray on that idea for a bit. Anyway, uh, leave us some reviews, damn it. We want to know uh, want to know what's gonna, what, what you want. Uh, that means you too, Velvet Head. Oh, and you do know, though, we do have something coming up. What we First week of October. Weird Al. Weird Al Yankovic coming to Portland. Weird Boo, Al Yankovic. Yeah. yeah. We will be there. We will be there. Amongst all the other nerds. Yeah. Hopefully a sold out show. Yeah. All right. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Late. Late.